spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Settle up, sports fans. It's time for another score-filled episode of Max Mike Movies series, Drawn Apart, where Max and I split never to speak to one another again. You know what you did. <laughs> how many times can we pull that stunt? Six more times, that's how many. <laughs> We're looking at an odd subgenre of movies, if you can call it that. Movies in which there is both 2D animation and really live people. There's a surprising number of these, and they're still cranking them out. The movie we're scrutinizing for deep meaning and metaphorical content is 1996's Space Jam. And who are we? Why, I am your host, Scoop Baxter, also known as Mike Luce, and that over there dribbling and drooling the ball is Blackboard jo Blackboard. Backboard Jones, Max <laughs> Levine. <laughs> ball go bouncy! <laughs> I'm sure it does. Let's hope I can edit that into some semblance of, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, eptitude. <laughs> but that's enough about us. Now, more about us. We, as you may know, have a website, MaxMikeMovies.com, where you can find every episode ever recorded and ever will be recorded, where you can comment about those, comment about those episodes, <laughs> uh, comment at each other, comment at us, whatever. Uh, you can also email us directly at us at MaxMikeMovies.com if you have yep. anything to say about our episodes, if you want to suggest shows or series or what have you. Speaking of what have you, we can be what have you on Facebook and Twitter under... Max Mike Movies. You can also find us on Spotify. Spotify. TM. <laughs> they must owe us cash by now, I'm sure. I've, yeah, absolutely. We got Send some big Spotify bucks coming for us. Yeah, Spotify bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, up there okay. with YouTube cash. Yep. Yeah, see, they actually make money there. I don't know if yeah. they can make money on Spotify. I doubt it, but... But that's not getting us to Space Jam. It's just Space Jam. Oh. Uh... The show. I like to spread it on toast. Anyway, trivia first. The budget of this film, and I'm guessing most of it went to a certain cast member who shall <laughs> rename Jordan. I mean, nameless. Uh, the budget is $88 million. Considering the uh, locales, that's actually kind of high, because, uh, I mean, they wrap that stadium in, in burlap, but other than that... Uh, yeah. The overall take worldwide... $230 million, wow. 90 of which alone is in the U.S. It is the most successful basketball film ever, which... Huh. Well, that's not exactly... The bar isn't set that high. What was that one? Hoosiers? Wasn't that a... No, no, no. You're thinking of the Canadian movie Hoosers. <laughs> I yeah. totally am not. Okay. Take off, eh? No, that's so, right. Hoosiers, yeah, that... Uh, and I guess, you know, Air Bud, the one with the yeah, dog. Oh, right. That's, that's a basketball... Technically. Film. Yeah. Okay. Michael Jordan did actually wear those North Carolina shorts under his bull uniform for every game. Did he, in fact, wash them after uh, every game? There was nothing in trivia about that, <laughs> so we'll just take the man at his word. Okay. This one I think you'll like, Max. The original website for this movie can still be found at SpaceJam.com exactly as it appeared in 1996, and it looks it. This was in trivia. I decided to go there. If you wanted to know what HTML1 looks like, no. by all means, because... <laughs> oh, Lord. Boy, one of my it's got first the tile websites. background. Ooh, it's... Uh, it's special, but all the content is still there. Oh. I don't know if that's an oversight or somebody's like secretly keeping it up or I don't no, know. No, every so often you do find websites that haven't been curated in 30 years. Yeah. So uh, this is, in a way, this film's actually an adaptation. Did you know that? I didn't know it was an adaptation. I thought it was just an expansion on those Nike ads. That's, yeah, basically. There were Nike ads, Nike Air ads starring Michael Jordan and hair Jordan, which is obviously the Bugs Bunny part, and they would play basketball and sell shoes. Those I remember being kind of funny. Yeah, which is why they made a movie, of course. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that. First appearance of Lola Bunny, and potentially the last appearance of Lola Bunny. No, no, no. She, she appeared, remember a few years ago, they sort of did a reissue of the Warner Brothers characters. Uh, it was all like Flash animation. Oh, right, and what Lola wants, Lola gets. Well, now, Lola, actually, in that one, unlike in the movie, actually is kind of a character. She has a personality. She has traits. <laughs> well, and, in this one, she has a basketball. <laughs> yeah, she does, and for some reason, I don't know, she has breasts. I, I mean, she's a rabbit, so I don't get the point, but okay. Well, that's so you know, she's a girl. Uh-huh. 
I guess. All right, well, well, that, yeah, we'll get there. So this is the first feature-length cartoon that had to be edited, not for length, but content to be shown on network TV. I can't really? imagine what parts those would be. <laughs> <laughs> I think of a couple, but... Yeah, me too. Um, Bill Murray is here mostly because he was in a series of commercials where he tries and fails to become an NBA star, and because, as he states in the film, he <laughs> knows Ivan Reitman. <laughs> yeah, he's a friend of the producer, yeah. Yeah, uh, which just turns out is really more of the director, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that weird scar on Jordan's peck, it's not a scar. It's a brand. It comes what? from his fraternity, Omega Psi Phi, which has oh. a tradition among its members of being branded. Oh, jeez. Seriously? Yes. Wow. The gold and purple color combo Daffy likes for uniforms are their colors as well. So, uh. yeah, there's one one point where we're fairly close to Michael and he's shirtless. And it's like, oh, that, that's, I wonder, that's a weird scar. I wonder if he had to have surgery or something. And then I found that trivia. It's like, oh. That's disturbing. Okay. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, we have a special guest appearance, not one, but two in this case. Uh, one by, oh, I'm going to get the name wrong, Dan Castellaneta. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. pretty much. He plays annoyed basketball fan, and his wife is Patricia Heaton, better yes. known as Ray Romano's wife from Everybody Loves Raymond. Dan Castellaneta, of course, best known as the voice of Homer Simpson. Among others. On, and among on many the others. Simpsons. Yeah, the yep. Simpsons, yeah. We also have a special guest appearance by Doctor Who's Scarf. Yes, when what? the aliens are wearing the the getup and they're in the basketball uh, stadium next to Dan Castellaneta and uh, Patricia Heaton, the costume includes Tom Baker's scarf as worn in when he played Doctor Who. Okay, why not? Sure. <laughs> Chuck Jones, legendary, legendary director of many Looney Tunes shorts, was not a fan, feeling that Bugs would never have needed help and that a ton of the humor was inconsistent with the characters. Get to that. Yes. Bill Murray took this role as he was sorry that he hadn't been in Roger Rabbit. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if he was even offered a part, but maybe he wanted to be and didn't. I don't know. The voice of the Roadrunner, yes, was Paul Julian. He is a Warner background artist who not only originated the voice, but he's who they based the character on because he was known to rush through the corridors of the Termite Terrace, which is what they called yeah. the lousy location that they gave the animators to work in on the Warner lot, making meep meep noises to get people out of the way. Huh. This is his last credit. Oh, yes. Wow. Huh. Bill Murray wears number 22. Do you know this one, Max, why he wears number 22? I do not. It is a nod to Groundhog Day, which takes place on the 2nd of February, hence 2-2. Okay, that's a deep cut, but sure. Yeah, it was there, and it was vaguely interesting. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, we're getting a sequel starring LeBron James, LeBron James. Sorry, that's a deep cut for you Vine fans out there. <laughs> uh, sometime in the summer of 2021, that being said... There were all sorts of sequels planned back in the 90s, centering around various sports stars, such as a version with Tony Hawk, Tiger Woods, and even Jackie Chan. <laughs> oh, Jackie Chan, because Jackie Chan's practically a cartoon character himself. I know, he actually might be able to keep up with them. He would, act, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he could actually, his violence stunts are probably just as dangerous and nasty and painful as the ones the cartoons do. Only yeah. he doesn't just snap back. <laughs> No. Yeah. Um, the, man, so the, man, the man broke Evil Knievel's record for greatest number of broken bones in a career. Only because he has one extra. <laughs> I made that up. Yes, you so did. it's true. Uh, so far, this movie stands on its own. However, when looking some stuff up, I noticed that there's already a bunch of merchandise from the LeBron James version. Oh. So there are shoes and basketball outfits and T-shirts. So... I would say this, if you're one of those people who loves to collect stuff, it might not be a bad idea to pick something up merely because I don't know if the movie's ever going to get made, and there ain't nothing more valuable than merchandise for films that never gets made. True. Best merchandise ever. <laughs> uh, do you know any other uh, trivia, Max, before I go into the plot? Not, re not really. Uh, there's some stuff about the music I want to talk about, but uh, we can do that in the, the body of the movie. Right, so the plot. Yeah. Fictional character Michael Jordan is a young boy shooting hoops in his backyard late Wait at night. A minute. <laughs> I'm sorry, all the things that that guy's done, that's not a real person. I'm sorry, that's <laughs> fictional. His father comes out to send him to bed, but the young man won't stop shooting. He dreams of playing for college and eventually the pros, though he also tells his father that, once he's conquered all of that, he'd like to play baseball too, just like his old man. 
Cut to the future, and this young man has grown up and indeed conquered all the kingdoms of basketball. He announces his retirement so that he can go and start a pro career in flower arranging. That I mean baseball. What? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a movie going on in the next theater, we see an outer space amusement park that's dying a slow death. Moron Mountain just isn't thrilling the kids anymore. The owner of the park, one Mr. Swackhammer, decides that the best way to revitalize his sagging business is to send his inept hench beings to Earth to capture the Looney Tunes characters and force them to entertain his guests. As this is a totally logical and foolproof plan, at least for tunes, off they go. Bugs is the first one captured, and through him, the aliens manage to round up all the other loonies. Bugs tricks the aliens into giving them a chance to win their freedom by... Playing against them in a game of basketball. Like didn't, see that coming. <laughs> didn't see that coming, did you? I mean, you know, Michael Jordan, who'd have guessed? Yeah. <clears throat> the aliens, being a spot above idiots, find the best players in the NBA, steal their skills, and transform into the Monstars, a giant hulking band of the best basket-switching fiends ever. The loonies, having no choice, they simply must kidnap Michael Jordan and convince him to help them beat the Monstars <laughs> and keep their freedom. Through skills, trickery, and dynamite, the game goes on with fictional character Michael Jordan learning how to love again, or wait, something wait, wait. like that. The end. <laughs> yeah, that, that pretty much covers it. The lowdown. So, um, sport, sports jam. Sports. <laughs> Space jam. Space I, jam. I gotta say, yeah. uh, you, you say that all the money uh, for the budget went to Michael Jordan. I think it also went to the avalanche of cameos we get in this movie, particularly from a lot of other uh, basketball stars, which I'm afraid didn't age very well. This, you know, this was 1996. Sure, everybody still knows who Michael Jordan is. Probably some people still know who Charles Barkley is. You know who Patrick Ewing is? Um, yeah, actually, I didn't. I don't follow basketball. I know. I, I mean, basketball is round there that's that's my knowledge of well well done you but how about larry johnson oh, oh. or sean bradley do you know who they are um i don't but i bet if you're a basketball Maybe. fan you do i mean mugsy mugsy bogues uh, i know because he was famous you know because he he was like tiny archibald he was a guy who looked like he was too short to play basketball and it was amazing um i do know one other thing about basketball it's a peaceful planet and they have no weapons <laughs> <laughs> Hardware Wars reference, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think. Yeah. All right. So, uh, the movie started. I knew nothing about this. I had never seen this. It's one of the films I've avoided. Oh, okay. And the movie started, and the music in the opening is very hip hop, and it's very up and coming. It's like this is kind of fun. And then we get this weird little, you know, I grew up in a log cabin, Michael Jordan story. Which is actually kind of cool. Here's the thing about Michael Jordan. Say what you like about him. I know nothing about his actual real self. This is a great advertisement for Michael Jordan. Because this movie is a, a pan, a tribute to Michael Jordan. This whole thing. I can see why he did yeah. it. Because it's basically uh, one huge song of praise to Michael Jordan. And... I think and if you didn't even know who he was, you might come away thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a fan. <laughs> <laughs> he was he is a very impressive person yeah. and i gotta give him points for this too that whole thing of him playing basketball and then going to play baseball and sucking yeah. at it that mirrored what actually happened in his career right. he did try to become a major league player and he found out oh i'm not that good because i've been tuning my entire body to one sport that requires one particular set of skills and now i'm not that good at this other one i mean i bet he was Probably a decent player, but he wasn't. Uh, he was not obviously professional caliber for baseball. No, he wasn't. He wanted to be like Bo Jackson. Yeah, he wanted. He was in the double A's, which is you know not the pros. But that being said, I don't. I don't know that anybody in the the uh, New England area has minor league baseball. They do have it here near where I live, and it's actually no, pretty. I, yeah, we do. There's something. There's some. Yeah, Massachusetts. The I can't remember the name, but there is. There's a double A. And they're really popular. Um, and people have a great time. Um, they're just, you know, maybe they're not the big leagues, but people go and they, I think they actually enjoy the game more for the game than they do with oh. the, the pros because, you know, they're all about the team and they're not about all the extra stuff, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a sports fan. but that, I know it's it's getting off topic a bit, but that happened when I was living in Minnesota. The double-A team was the St. Paul, Paul Saints. The major team, of course, was the Minnesota Twins. Right. They played them to the Metrodome and... The Metrodome, I went to one game there, and you needed 
you needed the Hubble telescope to see what was going on, because that place holds like 50,000 people. When I was there, by the way, I think there were 11 people, not thousands. <laughs> and it was boring, and it was huge, and people were really kind of tired of the Twins. They had won the World Series, but... Uh, no, I gotta say, I... The Saints, every yeah. when, when they started playing, every ticket sold out. Yeah. People loved it. Yeah. I went to see... Uh, <laughs> I've seen two sporting events in my life. <laughs> Once was a, a, a major league game I saw um, in Baltimore. I saw the Orioles versus the Yankees. Um, gee, guess who won? Um, and I have never been no more bored in my life. Now, the, one of the problems is, of course, that baseball is not a... Um, not a fast-moving game, but uh, I had one of the worst seats. We were between second and third base in the nosebleeds, and we literally would see the guy get halfway to first before we heard the ball being hit. Ooh. It was that bad. And there was one point where somebody in our stands threw a paper airplane, and we were cheering it as it was going closer and closer to the actual field. And some of the players in the outfield are turning back to the stands like, what the hell are you cheering for? Nothing is happening. <laughs> um, of course, how they could tell, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I always loved going to Fenway. Yeah, I mean, you can be sitting anywhere in Fenway, and you can still see. Anyway. But the other yeah. thing I went to is I went to a hockey game. I went to go see the uh, Ohio Walleye. Um, and I had a great time. I don't care ah. about hockey, but again, this is not the major leagues. This is like, you know, that whatever they do for the double A's or whatever for hockey. And it's like the, the hometown teams, those little teams seem to really get people going. So I can totally understand it. Boy, are we off topic, but yes, yeah. everybody loves Michael Jordan. Sports. <laughs> anyway. We know sports. <laughs> so yes, it, it, it kind yeah. of feels a little bit like an ad for Michael Jordan. It kind of is, yeah. Um, and I will also say that Mr. Jordan, um, don't quit your day job. Um, his acting yeah. never really gets further than he did in the commercials, and that's fine. We're not that's, really—he's not an actor. None of the black basketball players in there are terribly good, but they're not supposed to be. They're they're athletes. Yeah, uh, and you don't get a lot of you don't you get some athletes occasionally you can translate to the screen. I'm kind of stuck for names at the moment because the only one I can think of was the boxer Randall Tex Cobb, who played uh, uh, the warrior, the rider of the wasteland in Raising Arizona. How about uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper? <laughs> oh yes, in They Live, or oh Lord, or oh God, I've forgotten his name already. How about your ex-governor? Oh, Den Den oh yes, that's right, Jesse the Jesse the Governor Ventura. Yeah. That was yeah, I, I guess technically he he was in movies. I can't say he acted much. Uh, yeah, and of course we have it to does, go with The Rock because he's pretty much the he's he's a, he's a good example of a crossover because he's actually been very successful and he's a lot of fun. Yeah, but come on, you're not going to see him doing Twelfth Night or uh, or Ibsen. But I don't want to, and I don't want to no. see Michael Jordan. I don't want to see Michael Jordan really do much more than this. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> This was a good. It was a good vehicle because it's about an athlete and it focuses on him playing basketball, which that's fine. That's what he does. Yeah, with cartoon characters. Um, speaking of yeah. which, so we talked yeah. about Michael Jordan's performance. How about the Looney Tunes? Oh, okay. We're gonna have a discussion then. So, Max, tell me what you thought about the Looney Tunes in this film. They weren't funny. That was the thing that really bothered me. Also, that weird. The way they were animated. Mm. And I think they made a real mistake because early on in the movie, they show Michael Jordan's family, which honestly I would have liked to see more of. That looked like an interesting, <laughs> I, I an interesting group. <laughs> it was like, hey, this is, these people look interesting. They look nice. I want to find out. Oh, I, oh we're not going to. Okay, bye. No, we're going to Moron Mountain instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're watching original Looney Tunes cartoons. Right. And you see what they look like, and then you see what the, I assume, computer-animated 2D versions look like. But are those no, CG, by the way? What they, are they? I, th I don't know. I didn't look into it. But my feeling is, just looking at it, they did exactly what they did with Roger Rabbit, is they animated them 2D, but they had layers that would cast shadows on the characters oh, okay. and on the ground and stuff like that to make them look more, oh. I don't know what you'd want to call it, ge geometric, but whatever. I, I, that that look, I I think I would have been a little better with that look if I hadn't seen the original at the beginning. Mm -hmm. it, it, I think they suffered by comparison. 
the main thing that I didn't like was most of their jokes, especially Bugs, weren't that funny. Mm. I also had a little trouble with Billy West as the voice of Bugs Bunny. Well, I mean, but, that's that's a toughie. I mean, I know there's no, I know Mel Blanc is gone. Yeah. And no one can do what he did. No. That's absolutely true. And it's unfair. Uh, I can't help it, though. These are although I thought the guy who did Daffy did a really good job. The guy who did Daffy was very impressive. And I thought the guy who did Sylvester was good. Sure. I, I some of them were fine. Uh, there was one. Uh, yeah. Pepe was terrible. Uh, and that was yeah. Maurice LaMarche, too, who I love. Um, oh, but wow. his voice was too low, and it wasn't wasn't French enough, quite honestly. <laughs> it, it, it's actually it, it sounded too realistically French. Yeah. You know, Pepe Le Pew was much more of a you know oh, uh, oh. an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, he was basically oh he he baguette uh, escargot. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Yes, and you know, not nearly enough sexual harassment. But uh, uh, yeah. yeah, we <laughs> anyway, only get that yeah. from bugs. Um, yeah, yeah. I I'm going to agree that I think that the one-liners weren't generally up to par, and it takes a while for the tunes to get to do what they do. It's really the second half of the game where they finally start to become themselves, and yeah. it's, and they don't go quite far enough. That being said, there are some moments. One of my notes was. This film is worth watching if for only one reason, and that's to see Daffy Duck kiss his own ass. That was funny because he's saying property of Warner Brothers. He has a Warner Brothers logo on his butt and he kisses it. Yep. That was one of the few moments in this movie that actually makes me laugh. Oddly enough, one of the other things that I found funny, and it's just a little thing, is when Michael Jordan is playing baseball and the catcher of the other team is trying to help him. Yeah. He's like saying it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a slider. Don't swing. Yeah, <laughs> and he's was, trying to set him up, and I thought, oh, that's adorable. Well, see, at first I was confused because I forgot whose side the catcher's on, and it's like, oh, oh God, you don't watch baseball? No, I don't. It's like, oh, that's right, the catcher and the pitcher are on the same team. Oops. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah. Actually, I liked the fortune teller scene. There's a scene that that was kind of funny. That actually was where the basketball stars who've lost their powers, and, and there's actually some fun scenes with all of these big names. And I don't they, they all have to give themselves a little pat on the back because there are all these huge basketball stars that have basically allowed themselves to look stupid because all their powers, their their basketball skills have been sucked out by these little aliens. And now they can all they can do is stand there and look stupid on the court. And they do this everywhere from an actual game to like this this city um, court. It's a pick a, a pickup game yeah. with a, with the girls team that Charles Barkley tries to get yeah. in on. And seeing them stand there and get hit in the head with a basketball and get um, their shots blocked by somebody who's three feet shorter than them, I thought those were actually kind of fun. But eventually, they try, they're they trying anything. All these players get together and they're trying anything to try and get their skills back or figure out what's what's happened. And, when, and they go to a fortune teller and they sit down initially. It's like, okay, a fortune teller. And then the fortune teller basically says the entire plot of the movie. And because she's saying it in deadpan, you realize how ridiculous it is. And it's actually pretty <laughs> funny and i laughed <laughs> yeah that was a moment so but yeah a lot of the I, again the funny parts to me were the except for the kissing the bed dabby kissing his own butt were not the, the looney tunes it was everybody else it was every everything else i thought they bugs's lines weren't funny the the visual gags for the most part didn't work yeah the one, I mean, it was fun because in addition to all the human cameos, there is an acre of Warner Brothers oh cameos. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's one of the things. So many obscure cameos. I mean, the Dover Boys are there. <laughs> Bull from Bully for Bugs, Sniffles the yep. Mouse, which, Charlie Dog. Which Hazel. Claude the Cat, Bert and Hubie. Oh, my god. Bert and Hubie are the, base, are the basketball announcers, yeah. which the, my problem with that, I thought, oh, this is going to be hilarious. They're going to do Bert and Hubie, only Bert ends up talking in... Another an actual announcer's voice. They shift his voice yeah. from the character. Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, you, you missed an opportunity there. That could have been, that could have been funny. The, you, he's really hard to catch because you don't see his face. You only see his body. But they even had the nice fat opera singer too. Oh, um, I missed that. He's in there. Yeah, huh. it's like everybody, like whoever made this, the animator part of this, they knew they're Warner Brothers because every little care, um, the two hillbillies from Hillbilly Hair who yep, show up they're there. once, they're there. Yep. Um, man. Yeah, red, little Red Riding Hood shows up. <laughs> to have. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Now, that part is fun, playing Spot the Cameo. Yeah. yeah. I just, I wish they had been funnier. I wish the jokes had been better because these are the, the Looney Tunes and... 
they were famous for their material. Yeah. Well, and that that's that's kind of disappointing. And let's be fair, if you go and watch Looney Tunes, there's I forget the the count of the official made for movie theater shorts. It's 700 and something, I believe. Uh, and if you know differently, by all means, write in and tell us. Um of that group, I might go out and say half of them if that are really worth watching, there's a whole lot of junk. Mm. Um, some of them aren't meant to be funny. There's actually some kind of serious Warner Brothers that were done during the war effort. They were just sort of to, yeah. to bolster people's feelings and stuff, um, selling bonds and things like that. Um, especially the later ones. Once you get into the late yeah. 50s and the 60s, they're terrible. Once Larry Storch yeah. shows up as a voice. Um, Larry Storch? Really? Yeah. He did this oh. character called Cool Cat. It's just awful. Oh, um, when you start, like when all the big directors had left, um, and quite honestly, a lot of them, even the, the biggies, would repeat themselves. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Because we're talking, you know, 30, 40 years of doing this for theaters, and it's like you run out of ideas. Um, but the pinnacle, the top of the heap of the Warner Brothers Looney Tunes cartoons are awesome. Um, and there were people who actually were known for their writing for that. Um, Mike Maltese is the one writer I know. He worked a lot with Chuck Jones on some of the best cartoons. And there were people who could write. And I would say that that's probably the thing that's missing most from the Looney Tunes. I'll agree with yeah, Max. Yeah, the writing, and especially, yeah, the writing is not very good in this. But quite honestly, I don't know, this movie is very clearly for children. It's for kids. Uh -huh. And what, what they want is bright colors and a lot of action yep. and a lot of stuff happening. And you get that. I mean, you know, and you, and for the, there's stuff that they're obviously trying to shoehorn in for the parents, which, quite honestly, I didn't think worked. No. Like, well, <laughs> you mean the golf game? Well, the golf game, although I, Bill Murray has one of my favorite lines in there. Oh, I bet it's the same one I wrote down. I, I, I bet it is, because it is hilarious. You know, they're playing with, it's Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, <laughs> excuse me, Larry, Larry Bird, <laughs> out of Boston, go Celtics, and, and Bill Murray, and my, Bill Murray is trying to get Michael to don't I, I can have a shot at the NBA, and my, Michael's telling him, obviously, no, you can't. They say it's because I'm white, isn't it? And Michael Jordan says, well, no, Larry's white. And, he goes, and Bill says, Larry's not white. Larry's clear. <laughs> yep. And it's like, yeah, he is. He yeah. really is. Larry. Larry Bird is translucent. And Larry Bird, I'm an amazing player, but. Um... Yeah, uh, don't don't let him talk too much. <laughs> yeah, he he again. They don't. He only has like two lines in the movie, which is one line too many, really. Yeah, and uh, you think about some people's like some people have that cool, and yeah. Larry has it when he's playing, but yeah. not other times. He's just sort of he's very white. <laughs> you you see this? It's the same oddly with Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee wasn't much of an actor. <laughs> until he starts fighting right and then he emotes and that's when all of that presence and that charisma comes out it's the same with with the uh, with bird but some of the other gags like they, they fall i thought really fell flat when they're in, when they're showing jordan their gym and said look we've got hoops we've got nets and sylvester opens a uh, locker says we've got balls yeah uh-huh <laughs> uh -huh. that got cut uh-huh <laughs> yeah and, God, and even the line that Daffy has with Bugs when they're going to Michael Jordan's house for reasons, he says, it, Bugs asks, says, you know all those lunchboxes and T-shirts that have our pictures on them? You ever see any money fr from that? And Daffy says, no, we got screwed. <laughs> I don't need to hear Daffy Duck say we got screwed. <laughs> That doesn't fit. That's just no. But then ugh. there's that scene of him kissing his own ass. That that is that is funny. I will and honestly. I kind of like Bugs calling Sylvester Sly. Yeah, I that like, was that's nice. No one ever does that, and that's a great nickname. Well, it it's only a great nickname for him because there's well, nothing so, sly about Stallone. Anyway, well, yeah. um, there's also some fun things that you usually don't want to do. Uh, there's a very blatant reference to Pulp Fiction. Which, if this is yes. for kids, was a really weird thing to do. It really was. You get Elmer and Yosemite Sam, and they're playing 
music from the soundtrack. And yeah, it's right out of Pulp Fiction, and no kid was going to get that. No, and they had their black suits, and uh, Elmer had yep. an earring, and the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, the reason you never want to do this, actually, when I was in uh, film school, I took some animation classes, and the guy who um, was teaching us had an Academy nominated short film and he showed it to us he says i did something you should never do and he made a cultural a timely cultural reference and it was a to yeah. saturday night uh, fever and he said whenever you do that it dates your movie and yeah well a lot of this like i say the the players well Michael the players Jordan. they use date the movie <laughs> yeah um, a lot of them there's a lot of dated material richard simmons <laughs> yes richard simmons they're working out to richard simmons at one point yeah I also, I got to say, some of the music choices now especially are really uncomfortable. Like what? The thing starts off with I Believe I Can Fly, the R. Kelly song. Okay. I, R. I, Kelly, I understand he, he's a very nice man. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> I'm no, sorry, I can't say that with a straight with, face. Good with children, you mean? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, 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 creepy. Yeah. There's also a musical choice that is very strange to me and very strange the way they did it. When Charles Barkley is watching the girls play basketball, did you recognize that song? Mm -mm. It's Basketball Jones, okay. which was a Cheech and Chong novelty song <laughs> from like the 70s. And, you know, I used to sleep with a basketball under my pillow at night. That's probably why I didn't get much sleep. <laughs> and it's just singing, you know, I got a basketball. Only this was a remix, a remade version done by Barry White and Chris Rock. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's so strange. Uh, so? <laughs> yeah, it, it threw me off. It takes it took me out of the movie. I'm sitting there going, I know that song. And, oh, good Lord. Well, they re-recorded that They're doing a Cheech song. and Chong song. Oh, they did that. Yeah, we recorded the other big song. Uh, not Fly, Robin, Fly. What the hell was no, it? No, Fly Like an Eagle. Fly Like an Eagle. And like, I thought that was the original. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, that's, that's just odd. Some, and the little, the little some, shot at Disney? Well, yeah, the, this Mickey Mouse organization. Yeah, Yeah. Well, well, they're talking about what they want to call the team, and right. Daffy says, how about the Ducks? Yeah. And Bug says, what kind of Mickey Mouse team would call would name themselves the Ducks? Yeah. <laughs> the Anaheim Ducks, yes, we get, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, I got to say, there is one really hilarious, utterly unintentional line in this movie. They got the commissioner of basketball because all the basketball players are freaking out in the real world because five of them lost their talent through some magic. And he says, and this cracks me up, until we can guarantee the health and safety of our players, there will be no more basketball this season. <laughs> oh, boy. That's brilliant. Right. The NBA giving a crap about the health and safety of their players. That is hilarious. Well, um... They did recently close. Yeah, yeah. They were also worried about the audiences and losing yeah. a lot of money on that. Yeah, yeah. The, that was that. That got me. But uh, yeah, um, there's two directors on this film. Um, the one that's listed is actually the guy who is directing the animation, and the um, trivia that I read said that he had never directed live action before. And basically was relying on other people and that, I want to say it was Bill Murray might have said this, I'm not sure who, that really the director of the film was Ivan Reitman. But because of the way Hollywood works, you only get one credit and he wasn't going to share it. So they made Ivan Reitman the producer. Uh. Now, that being said, I would like to talk about the fact that we've got two different... Oh, genres media mm. i don't know going on mm. here we've got an animated part and a non-animated part how would you say those two halves were um, fit together pretty poorly i'm afraid yeah i mean it's not like either one is terrible like i say the live action actually can be funnier than the cartoon which disappointed but they don't mesh very well at all no i just just in terms of the when you see the two different narratives, one the narrative really with the NBA players is a subplot, but it gets a fair amount of screen time where they're trying to get their talent back because it's been stolen by a magical basketball, and I'm just going to keep talking so we don't have to talk more about that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they, uh, that part, you know, it's not bad. Again, like you say, there's some good gags, but it has the connection. It, it feels jarring whenever they cut between them. It doesn't work. 
They don't flow together. Um, Michael Jordan being a live-action character in the animated world, that works okay. I mean, it's not like Cool World, I thought it was jarring. You know, that compare, seeing the, the live-action of the cartoons, they were interacting with the, the surroundings and the fact that they would make the surroundings real, uh, quote-unquote real mm-hmm. when the uh, human was in them. Right. And, the, and they kept the surroundings cartoonish with Michael Jordan. I thought it kind of, I thought it was all right. I didn't, it, it didn't distract me. Did, what, did it distract you? What did you think of that part? Well, we have one sort of infiltrator. For some reason, they decided that parts of this, not much, but parts of this needed to be literally 3D animated, like the spaceship and stuff. I don't oh, know yeah. why they did this, because it's jarring and it looks terrible. Yeah. That being said, the issue I have, I mean, Jordan's mostly looking where he's supposed to. It's fine. Yeah. Um, when they're playing basketball, it's fine. You know, um, the, I love the fact that they give the heights of the, the players and the Bugs Bunny's three foot four. So they're not trying four, to make him five four or six feet with the years. Yeah. yeah. Um, the problem I have is really more to do with the two cultures, if you want to put it that way. They make mm. literally no effort to explain why the tunes are real beings. They, if you didn't know this, uh, this is a, a small point I should have brought up earlier, but all of Looney Tunes takes place in the center of the Earth. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if you dig far enough, you get to Warner Brothers cartoon land, and apparently the implication is that these characters are continuously doing the same cartoons over and over and over again. And the reason that we have to think this is at oh, one yeah. point, the kids are watching a cartoon... And the characters leave to go have a meeting, and they say yeah. so during it's, the cartoon. It's a Roadrunner cartoon, and Porky wanders in, tells uh, Wiley and the Roadrunner, uh, we've got a meeting, and they walk out of the cartoon. Yeah. Now, that's actually an interesting moment, but again, jarring, and they don't do anything with it. They, it also just doesn't bear any kind of scrutiny. Now, if we're talking yeah. Space Jam, so how much scrutiny do you want? Yeah, but, you really can't look for a lot of internal consistency because so much of this doesn't make any sense. But, and we're going to do this a lot, I'm sure in this series, never mind today, but if you look at a film like, oh, I don't know, Roger Rabbit, yeah. they came up with a perfectly good explanation. The Toontown was its own thing, and those characters made movies. They came <laughs> out, and you hired a director, and they made their cartoon movies like you would make any movie. It's just that they had different abilities. Like, you yeah. could generally hurt them. <laughs> um, here, it's just, oh, no, they're underground. And whenever yeah. they sh- when they finally show up, people are like, what the, huh? The cartoon characters talking and talking. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. How if they're actually part of Warner Brothers? How is it nobody knows that they're? Re- yeah, they don't explain anything, and it's okay if they had no actual interaction. Right. Like if they pulled Michael in, but they couldn't go into his world or right. some such. Well, but of course they but, do. Yeah, and they then- do. And Michael eventually, one of the, you know, spoiler, Michael, when he's, <laughs> when he's playing in the, the cartoon basketball court, is finds out, oh, wait, this is a land where anything can happen. And he makes the final basket by stretching his arm like a cartoon would. I yeah. actually wish they had taken that farther, too. Like Yeah, a, or at least given us something more of that at the beginning. The idea that being in the Warner Brothers world meant you... Ha- you- their physics applied to you. Well, they you do, do because things. the Monstars, when they transform, oh, the Monstars make me feel funny. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, oh, excuse me. That's right. When the Monstars... Big first, hyper-muscled guys. I yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Uh, uh-huh. When uh, the Monstars first transform and they meet Michael Jordan, they turn, they fold him into a basketball and throw him. Uh, so yeah, I we, suppose. We do learn that. We also see... Um, uh, Newman, uh, <laughs> when Newman oh, shows up, he gets Wayne sucked down Knight. the hole and he gets flattened during the game too. And he finally gets called in, which was just a, a point that I, it's like, why are you doing this? Yeah. We don't need redemption for this character. Cause he's irredeemable. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Wayne Knight's character. I, I'm sorry. I'm just so tired of the fat, annoying comic relief guy. Yeah. And I know he does it really well, <laughs> but that's all that's, I mean, he's good at it, but that's all he does. I think he was Most well people, used in Jurassic Park because he was he, also a villain and his part made sense. Yeah. His character really fit there. That was good. Right. And he's great. Of course, as Newman. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> everyone. Newman. <laughs> Newman. Oh, I'm sorry. I just totally off base, but I love, there was Paul Newman 
Sorry, Jerry Seinfeld went to uh, this summer camp to uh, perform for these kids. It was like a camp for kids with muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. And Paul Newman called him and asked if he could go along. And he said, yeah, but you got to do it. You got to come on like this. And so oh. when he see, he introduces, the introduces Paul Newman walks out, the kids go crazy. And uh, Seinfeld turns, looks at him and goes, Hello, Newman. <laughs> and the, the place went nuts. Sorry. That's fine. I just I love that story. Um, so I had a, a talking point that you kind of covered, but you said that the loonies don't feel like the loonies. Yeah. And here's one of the things that I think was the problem, and that is that we're taking something that was made in a very different time period, and we're having to transition it into a time period where the people who would be watching Looney Tunes cartoons are not the same audience that would be watching them back in the 40s. That's certainly true. How do you transition something like that without losing their core? Because what we've seen so far is we've generally seen, oh, look, we put Bugs and Daffy in hip-hop gear, and they have oversized sweatshirts and, you know, big gold chains, and Bugs has his ears back, and he's giving you that sardonic jaded look and whatever it's like how do we bring these characters forward while keeping them true to who they are i don't know if you can i don't know if these characters can be updated and i'm not sure they should be why not create new ones different ones of course everyone's afraid of yeah i know but (laughs) new is scary it's very hollywood and they've tried they had that you know bugs bunny superhero show and they've Tried to do the post-ironic stuff. Well, now they actually did do it once where I think both of us will agree they did a pretty good job. What's that? The Animaniacs. That is true, but those were different characters. That's yeah. right. That's what I'm oh, saying. I oh, see oh I yeah. suppose the transition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think you're right. No, the, the idea, the, the goofiness, the childlike wonder can be transferred because the Animaniacs also had, there were some kind of adult elements to it, the way, you know, they're the boys are always chasing women, and the way Dot is always leaping into the arms of every good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah I, I think the chasing I, women thing could go away. Yeah, that, that was not necess- terribly necessary, but yeah, no, I think it can be done. I think you're right. I just don't think you can do it with those exact characters. I think you had to do something, even Tiny Toons, where they, in effect, tried to update them, but they didn't mm-hmm. just update. They made them new characters, clearly, like the next generation. Which I I wasn't a huge fan of Tiny Toons, but some of it was very funny and some of it was good. For me, I thought Tiny Toons was sort of a trial run. Yeah. And then then we got the Animaniacs. Um, For those of of you who have not seen the Animaniacs, the animation is not on par with the original Warner Brothers cartoons. But some of the writing is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, the voice work Um, is good. The music is surprisingly good. Well, they had the Warner Orchestra, just like they used to. But, I mean, the and, songs, are, some of the songs are incredibly clever. Yeah, yeah. and it's funny, because they got a whole new crop of voice actors, and those people did exactly what Mel Blanc and, and Dawes Butler and June Foray, and June, June Foray is in this movie, she does do Granny. That's um, and they get, it's, it's basically like the exact same thing all over again except different characters and different situations. And I would go and say that the, the Warner brothers and the Warner sister are really not like any of the original Warner characters. They're very different. Yeah. And the writing brings in things like, um, uh, the, 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 the mad monk. Why can't I think of his oh, name? Rasputin. Rasputin. There's jokes about, there's jokes about <laughs> Rasputin for, and the Russian revolution for heaven's sake. And, what I think is possibly the most brilliant made-for-kids, not-made-for-kids cartoon ever, Pinky and the Brain, uh. where they literally do a word-for-word of Orson <laughs> Welles going nuts doing a frozen peas commercial. Yep. And it is such a deep dig that it is almost impossible to get, and they still did it, and it was hilarious. It is. It's brilliant. Um, it so is. I, w- I would say that in this case, if you want to do this kind of transition... You find people like the writers who worked for Animaniacs. Um, and you find, because there obviously are people out there who get it. And I think that I, the name Paul Rugg comes to mind, and I don't remember if he was a writer or a producer or whatever with Animaniacs, but if you find those kind of people, I think you could do it. And if they had done that with this, and if they do it with the uh, LeBron James version. Maybe it could work. I would give the LeBron, yeah. I would give it a try. 
Oh, yeah. I, there's one other character I want to br- I want to talk about, Lola. Oh, <laughs> okay. You said character. Yeah, well, that's a good point, <laughs> Lola Bunny. What? And I realize this you this is sort of a self-answering question. What the hell is she doing in this movie? I mean, uh, to me, it's obvious somebody was going, huh? All of the major Looney Tunes characters are guys. Yeah. We we got to have someone for the uh, girls to identify with. I mean, the one thing I did like is I did like the all-girl basketball team playing where when um, that was a nice touch, but that's a throwaway. That's, that's like a minute and a yeah. half. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, I mean, it, it ever if it's such a pandering character, and she's just there. Uh, she, her only characteristic is she gets really mad if someone calls her doll, right? And yeah, that's so she, it. She rubs Bugs's face in it, and then she rubs the monsters' faces in yeah. it later on. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, she's a girl. She can't play bad. Okay, whatever. Um, they don't even make a point of that. Nobody ever says, you can't play basketball. You're a girl. So I guess she's there for represent. Excuse me. Yeah, represent. But what, what is she? Lunch. Not representing anything. She has no personality. She has no written identifiable character traits. And she's not really necessary. No, it, it's. I guess she's the one character who can actually play. Yeah, that's true. She actually seems to be the only one who can play basketball among them. But of course, none of the Warners have ever heard of her. Right? Yeah, that's the other thing. She appears out of nowhere. Every other character, every other character, is something yeah. we've seen before, and she just comes out of nowhere. I, I think it was handled badly. I don't have a problem with them introducing a female character. I think that's a nice idea. And again, like I say, she went on to become more interesting. But this was just so clearly a shoehorn that it's almost kind of insulting. Well, on the one hand, the cartoon shoehorn, we have Lola Bunny, and on the live-action shoehorn, we have Bill Murray. Yeah, who uh, shows up at the end <laughs> out of no... It's. I just figure he said, hey, I want to be in one other scene. Like, yeah, okay. Well, and there's a note about 30 seconds before they say it in the movie, and I asked myself, literally, it's in my notes, how the hell Bill Murray shows up again? Because not only is it he's left the film, like he's not in it, but they're down in Warner Brothers land. There is no explanation as how he gets down there. If somebody brings him, he figures out, oh, if I dig far enough, well, I get to... He, he said, Daffy asked him that, and he says, yes. this is a friend of mine, and I got a ride. Yeah. Like, okay, so, so we're not even good. I'm sorry, that's a moment of, we're not even going to try. Nope. It's just we and decided so have- we had Bill Murray, which again is kind of a mistake because Bill Murray is so good. He's such a good actor. It really highlights that no one else is. Well, except that they don't give him anything to do. They give him a couple of good lines. Again, he has, you know, just uh, you, you the duck. Or even I always like that. Oh, I'm going left. I'm going left. And he goes, passes the ball right. He goes, never trust an earthling. <laughs> he gets. Yeah. He get, as, of the humans, he gets some of the funniest lines, and it really, I think it's a mistake. Wayne Knight is fine, but Wayne Knight, let's face it, he's playing a cartoon. He's actually does a pretty good job of playing a human cartoon. Bill yeah. Murray is probably, he's, he's in another league and it, as an actor, and it just emphasizes that no one else is that good. I think, no. yes, which I think is a mistake. I think you could have left him out. I, 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 again, he's funny, but you could have left him out and made other, the other people look better. One of my other questions was, who's this movie for? You think it's for kids. And, you know, we've, we've seen films, many of us have seen films that were, you know, supposedly for kids, but also has stuff for the adults. In this case, it's stuff that I think is what caused them to get that PG rating. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the scene where uh, all of the basketball players are going to uh, a psychiatrist who is quite obviously supposed to be Sigmund Freud, yeah. we, you know, whatever. And... <laughs> The psychiatrist in this kid's film actually asks one of the players, so how was your performance oh, God. off the court? Yes, basically. Like, ah! Yeah. Well, I again, I think that was for the parents, because what kid is going to get that? No, this was... I think this I movie is for kids with a few jokes thrown in that only the parents were going to get. And they used to do that in the old Warner Brothers and, a lot, and the Animaniacs. I mean, literally at one point, Yakko turns, or Dot turns the camera and goes, obscure joke, ask your parents. <laughs> and it, uh, it's just the, the adult stuff, I think, is very ham-handedly shoved in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, <sighs> I, I, I'm also going to agree, you know, we, we went back over this, but, you know, if they had made this little I came from nowhere and became Michael Jordan movie i might actually liked that that it actually was kind of it's like i like the kids in this the kids who are playing his kids are not his kids um 
we have this nice little scene where Michael's coming home and his kids are coming home and one of his, his sons has just come from a baseball game that he's obviously not done well in and he's really upset. So Michael finds a way to cheer him up and it's like, he's a nice dad too. Yeah. Oh, I really like this fake Michael Jordan character guy that's not a real person. Yeah, as I say, he's um, not an actor, but he can come across as very likable. Yeah. And all, that's why he sells things like, you know, Hanes underwear and oh, I forget what else. Well, but they, they, Nike, they, they talk about all of it in yeah, the film. Yeah, so. well, I mean... There's that scene with Wayne Knight uh, when he says, yeah. "Come on, Michael, you know, strap on your Nikes, pull on your Hanes, get, we'll grab some Doritos and McDonald." He, he lists, in effect, in that speech, almost every product that Michael Jordan was shilling for at that point. Yeah, one of the other things I'll point out before we get to our little wrap up here is uh, one of the weirdest parts about the separation of tune and real person is that we we saw this film. A few years earlier, you may have heard of it, it's called Roger Rabbit, <laughs> where they had all of the different characters together. So you had Disney, and you had Warner Brothers, and you had everybody. Yeah. You even had old, old um, Fleischer Brother cartoon characters together. And here, it's apparently just the Warners and, like, nobody else. So it's like, that was also kind of... That was of kind of limiting. I, again, you can understand it, because... Yeah, they couldn't, didn't want to pay for yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't want to pay for it, and probably, I don't know if Disney would have done it again. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, um... I think I'm done with my talking points. Yep. What about you? I, th I think I've hit mine. Yep. Now it's time to finally, really, come to a conclusion about Space <laughs> The Roundup. So, Max. Yes. You had seen this before. I had. Um, when, when and how did you see it? What was the uh, I think it was on I think it was on TV. Oh, you just were flipping through and said, hey, yeah, I'll flipped. watch this? Yeah, I'd heard of it, and I said, oh, all right, let's check this out. Did you watch the whole thing? I did. And now, now, how long ago was that, roughly? Probably 10, 15 years. Okay. So uh, we have it for this show. Now you've seen it. Now you have two different opportunities to really <laughs> hone your... How you <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's harmless. I think some of it is fun. I think it's a, a nice little kids movie. Uh, I just... we You know, we grew up with the Warner cartoons, and I love them so much, and it made me feel a little bad to see them not be funny or to mm. see them be so rarely funny mm. and even Bugs's asides to the camera I think they overdid he didn't used to do it that often in an episode no once or twice I mean usually of course you realize this means war <laughs> or, or some such he don't or, know me too oh, well yeah. do he <laughs> yeah here he does it an awful lot and he's too smug about it and I didn't uh, the way they do Daffy, they switch back and forth between... Because his character changed in the old cartoons. He was, at one point, just lunatic and goofy and bang, hitting himself on the head with a mallet. And they start that off. They start him off that way, like when he's do, pretending to be a doctor and examining Michael Jordan. And then they shifted him to the oh, greedy, self-interested kind of foil for Bugs Bunny. <laughs> on account of I am I greedy. Am greedy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, and again, that was one of the. It was delightful because he was so upfront about it. He yeah. never pretended he was anything other than he was. Uh, it's different. I'm I'm different. I can't take pain. Pain hurts me. <laughs> but, uh, so I that made me feel sad. Honestly, I I just didn't. I didn't like that. I, I liked Michael Jordan. I liked the story about him. I I liked a lot of the real world world stuff. But like we said, it was. I didn't. It didn't fit together well the live action and the animation, except when it literally was working, when the humans were in the tune world, I thought that worked. I thought it was fine. But so, jumping back and forth was jarring. I think it's okay. You know, I think it's all right. I think it's harmless and it moves along nicely. And there's a couple of fun moments. If you were going to give it a letter grade, I know we don't usually do that, but yeah. what letter would you give it? I give it about a C, C plus. Okay. What about you? What did you think? How'd it work for you? I knew you, nothing. you had never seen this before. No, I knew nothing about this film except basketball and Looney Tunes characters. And I was like, what a dumb idea that is. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, I know Michael Jordan. I, I, I guess he plays basketball or played basketball. <laughs> right? That's like, my sports knowledge is, oh, is there a thimble nearby? Because, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't figure out what would cause these two things to go together. Uh, I'm still not sure what those things might be. <laughs> um, that being said, I kind of liked it. Um, it is not the Looney Tunes at their best. Not at all. Um, it is... 
not the best animation. Um, I think that that level of animation may well be gone or it needs to be rediscovered. Um, because some of that stuff was so tight and so solid. But, and here things are kind of wobbly. Um, especially the Monstars. There's scenes where they're moving the camera and the way the, the Monstars are supposed to be moving in three dimension is just weird. It's not particularly well drawn. Um, but I ended up enjoying it. Uh, I don't think it's a good movie. I don't think it's well thought out. I think it could have been. I think they could have put a lot more effort into the two worlds and why they might coincide and why there is an amusement park on Jupiter or whatever called Moron Mountain <laughs> yeah, and why I, I anyone am, would go to it expecting to have fun. I, I have that in my notes. Moron Mountain. They might want to have workshopped that name a little more. <laughs> oh, and, and there's a there's a performance. It's not even highlighted. The guy who plays Mr. Swackhammer, which, by Danny the way, we, that was Danny DeVito. We only hear the name once. Yeah, Through that movie, I had no idea what the character was. Yeah, it's played by Danny DeVito, and he and again, is so cri- constrained. <laughs> he is so underused because let's face it, Danny DeVito is another car- guy who can be a cartoon character when he wants to. Yeah, remember Hercules? He was great yes! in that. He was terrific, and he can do great voice work. And they gave him nothing. No, and that that was disappointing too. I have to say, one of the big disappointments to me in that movie is the antagonists. Yeah. The Monstars have no personality. They're not interesting. When they're the Giants, they're interesting to look at from a different way for me, thank you. <laughs> they're they're visually more interesting. When they're the little guys, they're boring. Yeah. They have no character. They A couple of them have, like, cliche traits. For some reason, one appears to be a California stoner. Dude. Name's Crush. I'm 150 years young. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I didn't like the antagonists. I thought that was a waste. It again. It, it's it's like they had the germ of an idea, yeah. and it didn't get developed enough before they started making it. Um, Michael Jordan's fine. They didn't ask too much of him, which is good. Yeah. Um, and he, well, he actually comes off looking pretty good. All the other basketball stars that allowed themselves to look really stupid. Good for you guys. Yeah, it that shows is, you actually have a little bit of a sense of humor. That is, I, I have a lot of respect for that. I don't. I, I admire people like that who are. You know, prized and praised to the skies, are, are willing to make themselves look silly. That's that's impressive to me. I also know because some of my coworkers have said that this is one of the films that they watched when they were kids and they really love it. I can totally see it. I can see you loving know? it as a kid, absolutely. If this is like one of your first exposures to the Looney Tunes, you probably like them, and hopefully, you went on to watch you know the real stuff. Um, that being said, it's would I seek this film out again? Probably not. But it's fun. It's like you yeah. said, it's harmless. I enjoyed it. I laughed a few times. Um, it is not a good combination of 2D animation and live action. But eh, you know what? If it's on, and I was happy this is one of the first films ever that was actually on Netflix, so I didn't have to rent it. <laughs> um, so yeah, hey, if you're looking for something to do these days, uh, sure. Why not? Yeah, why not? If, if, if you have a couple of drinks in you, you'll probably laugh your ass off. And again, just watching Daffy Duck kiss his own butt, I mean, that... <laughs> But we won't be seeing Daffy Duck kissing his own buck next week. What will we be watching, Max? We will be watching another attempt to bring genuinely classic cartoon characters of a bygone era into the more modern time with the adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, which is a movie that that stars not only Jason Alexander and Rene Russo, but Robert De Niro is in this movie. Who does he play? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Please tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> he plays fearless leader. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Yeah. I, have not, I haven't seen this movie, but I'm just like, um, he could really scare children. Is that <laughs> a good idea? <laughs> um, I no... think he will find he does not. Oh, he doesn't? He doesn't he does talk not... about horse heads or anything like that. No, no, no he does. No, he do, he does not. Exp- he does not uh, say. You know, I heard things. I heard. I heard things bad enough. I heard things. I know a thing or two about a thing or two bad enough. So yeah, you'll, you'll see. Next week, Max yeah. and I will be in search of moose and squirrel. Yeah, well, you're going to make big trouble for them. <laughs> so next week, tune in, or is curtains for you.
This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. Thank you.